welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly and Kim. Again, Sarah will not be joining us for our 24 short story countdown in the holiday season because creepy Christmas stories have burnt her one too many times. However, we are here to discuss an array of Christmas ghost and folktale stories leading up to Christmas Day. Today is day 23 of our countdown, and we are discussing Cold by Cassandra Kaw, which was published in 2023 as part of the collection Christmas and Other Horrors. Cassandra Kaw is a Malaysian writer who wrote Nothing But Black and Teeth and The Salt Grows Heavy. They also wrote for games and tabletop games before becoming more of an author. Um, They do use they-them pronouns, just as a heads up for you, Kim. (coughs) I apologize. It's okay. The plot is the apocalypse has occurred and one individual believes that the final end of the entire world would be to kill the saint of Imbolc. But is there strength in ending it for everyone or allowing punishment to continue? So, Kim, what were your feelings on our second read for the holiday season? Um, I didn't like it as much as the first one. Okay. Um, I had frustrated feelings with it mm-hmm. um and and i would have to read it again and probably again and probably again to really get into knowing whether what i was frustrated with was valid or if i was being defensive and what i mean by that is i i felt when i did just one read of it that the the goddess goddess is that what the, the saint the saint um was a commandeered saint so what i mean by that is because and that's it it takes place in canada Mm -hmm. references the united states but uses irish saints or saints that tend to be so it brigade is actually yeah irish uh probably scandinavian um, but Brigid is prior to sainthood. Yeah. Um, and so it, and, and, and Brigid in this story is not necessarily good. Um, and so I felt it was a weird commandeering. Again, I would have to read it like five more I'm, times I'm, to I really know. I don't remember Brigid being in it. Isn't that? No, it's in bulk. Mm, but it, it's not Saint Imbolc. It was Saint Saint of Imbolc. Because mm. she just ref- the the character the main character who is she unnamed refers to it as her saint. Breed, not Brigade. Breed. Breed. Which I can double check. Because yeah, Breed, Breed, come to my house tonight. So so she calls for Breed, B R D E. So Breedy, Breedy. I don't. I'm not saying it correctly. We're doing research. We should have actually discussed it ahead of time. <laughs> okay, so Breed is actually a abbey in in a milestone. Okay, so there is a book called In This House of Breed. Pax is the motto of Breed Abbey, yet it is peace. Yet its peace is the peace of God, not as Godden brings to her readers' notice, the world's peace. The walls of Breed witness 
life of unceasing work and prayer, little creature comfort, persistent disappointment and misunderstanding, yet a life of peace all the same, unservingly joyful and loving. In this life enters Philippa Talbot, ambitious, independent, successful, forsaking her beautiful, arra beautifully arranged career in the world of vocation of complete self-gift to God. So Breed might be uh, okay. actually a so we, Catholic reference. If we go to the website Witches and Pagans, mm -hmm. we can read about Imbolc and the Goddess Breed's personal messages. So um, I would have to... So, to read all of this to know that I was anyway, idiot. There's a history to 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 this to this, and oftentimes when you get into ancient goddesses, um, to to portray women as as destructive is done a lot and I, I'm not, I'm not conveying this well. And it's just because I didn't, I didn't like it well enough to, to dig. Um, so yeah, I, you, you talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting there. I have read this author's other short stories. And if you're not familiar with Cassandra Ka, this is, they have a very, unique strange style of how they structure their stories and what they play with and they have this tendency of taking kind of traditional imagery so like uh nothing but black and teeth is a haunted house in japan um uh the he heavy the salt grows nope that's not the Salt Grows Heavy is plays with the concept of what a mermaid and a plague doctor is. And this author likes to make things grotesque. So I think the intent here was to take Imbolc, which is a... I found information on... Go ahead. Imbolc, which is February 1st. It is from Irish... Yes, 1st. No, February 2nd. It's the beginning of February for halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Um, and I think this author was playing with the idea of what rebirth means because the notion is, is we're heading towards that rebirth. Am I incorrect? Um, only because it wasn't the spring, it's the vernal equinox. Okay. equinox. But Breed, also known as the old wise woman, is known and honored in many cultures around the world. Women's circles in North America celebrate her at three festivals, namely Imbolc, February 2nd, halfway between winter solstice and the vernal equinox, and at Beltane, May 1st, halfway between the vernal equinox and, and the summer solstice. So yeah, not wrong, in June. Not only do we welcome Breed's inspiration in the spring but she also celebrated as the goddess and wise woman who inspires us to bring consciousness the mother-daughter dialectic since the 1960s when anyway it goes on and on so so to what you were saying obviously this is the the source of this when you read these things and people like to take a spin on it as a mm -hmm. writer. 
um, it can either be offensive or a different spin. To me, it was a bit offensive. And that's to me. And and you saw a different spin. And so I, I didn't necessarily see a different spin. I I think one of the things I struggle with with this author is they are Malaysian, but they don't they don't stick to Malaysian folklore. They play around with other Culture, countries. Other cultures, folklore. Yeah, folklore. Yeah. And like this isn't something new. This is something that straight up white people have been doing for centuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, it's not fair to be like, oh, I don't like it here when it's been acceptable in other places. But it does become kind of this weird dichotomy. Mm -hmm. And it does make me wonder if context is lost um, in that use. But that's in the United States when we pull from other cultures oh. we totally risk yeah. things being lost oh not only do but force our view on it yeah force our perspective of, of what we think we're seeing another culture engage in um but and that's one of the ways i have a problem with this is i don't think that this is forcing another point of view or or misinterpreting what exists i'm not saying this well because i don't know how to say it well oh there she goes to your lap now um in in these times we should know well enough not to abuse and um i know she's drooly isn't she she is <laughs> sorry wondering is, yeah uh, leading's wanting love um and drool is involved oh we got another cat um, anyway, I just, I had a hard time with it and, and I, and, and it was exactly what you're saying is the hard time I had with it. It was, we have n not, I didn't, I didn't know what her heritage was as far there. as that there. Sorry. I apologize. That was rude. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what their heritage was. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, I didn't like the route they took in portraying and I'll say ancient goddess for lack of better ways to say it um, because it was destructive. And it, it, to me, fell into a stereotype of the, the shrew, the hag, the, the, you know. Yeah. And it, it does. So I think what drew the author to this particular notion is the idea of and they and they address it at the end of the story they they say the inspiration was this was you know do you just become exhausted with trying to fix the world and trying to be a good person in the world or do you just give up and this was set in a post-apocalyptic situation where this person believes they've identified what is making the apocalypse continue to be horrific. And basically the notion is, is that the apocalypse caused a nonstop winter, a continuous winter, and the cycle is not being renewed. The idea being that by February 2nd, we start to see 
the hints of spring and the renewal and the return of the cycle and for anyone going what the hell are they talking about uh, certain religions neo-pagan old have the idea that everything is slick, cyclical and you'll have the maiden the mother the god or the crone and then you have the sun no there's a male equivalent to it but i can't I can't remember what them, although the probably the closest would be the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Um, but there's actually more of a pagan variant on that, where it's like the hunter and something else. Anyways, this has been juxtaposed so that the continuous winter due to an apocalypse is because we are stuck in that state between winter solstice and in bulk. Um and the idea that in order for the maiden to step forward, the crone has to die. But our main character, unnamed female, um, wants to just end it all. And so she has called upon the saint of Embolk to come into her home again, her, her space again, um, because she's in love with that destruction and that nature and that horror, um, with the intent to kill them both and finally end it. As the story continues, she realizes, you know what? If I end it for everyone, then those who deserve to suffer will no longer suffer. Murphy. So instead of bearing witness to it, she kills herself instead of killing both of them as she has promised the saint she would do. Um, I think the story is a bit heavy-handed. And it's very broad strokes at the same time that don't mesh well. And it is something like, I read, I, I will say Salt Grows Heavy is probably my favorite of this author's. I do sometimes struggle with their choices and their, it's like they come up with a good concept, but I'm not a massive fan of the execution at the end of it. Um, and I think this had great potential. I think the idea of something being po post-apocalyptic and maybe you have the chance to end the apocalypse and do you end the apocalypse? It's kind of interesting. This weird love summoning in a saint thing. I don't know. I just, I don't know with that. Um, and that is, I got, I think I got it to about midway in this story, which is when she summoned in the saint and is like expressing how much she's been in love with this saint. Um, that I actually stopped, set the book down, did other things, read an entire novel, and then came back to the story. Um, so I don't know. It, it. Yeah, like I said, I, I would have to, because I'm not sure if my interpretation of the events, again, I read this a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure my interpretation of the events would align with yours. I, yeah. I had more the impression that um, the implication was that... Um, everything kind of stopped because this god goddess whomever was refusing to allow the cycle to process mm -hmm. and that's where like i said i'm feeling defensive about it i don't yeah. i don't like blaming the 
the pagan gods and goddesses um, applying Christian sainthood values or or interpretations to it, and then um, we've got to destroy the pagan in order for things to move on. Um, that's my problem with it. Is is it was coming across very heavy-handed Christian to me that the solution was Christian. Um, I am not Christian. We've said this repeatedly. Um, so I, and I get defensive of, of abuse of pagans, pagan gods and goddesses and whatnot. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I have a hard time with this one. So it's kind of curious of what the predominant religions of Malaysia actually are in case that would help us with kind of coming to terms with this. However, 63.5% of the population practices Islam and 18.7% practices Buddhism. 9.1% practice Christianity. 6.1% practices hinduism and then nine percent are other groups such as animus confucianists taoists and so on um per the 2022 report on international religious freedom by the department the u.s department of state stop um so like i was gonna be like oh you know maybe there's a heavy christian influence to explain the examining of this but it's not there well, it's not there for the country. We don't know what their true. their their religious yeah. up- upbringing was, which is true. Um. Oh, okay. What if the box is empty? It okay, won't, it won't hurt them. <laughs> but yeah, I I just I feel like this one was a slight miss for me. Yeah, yeah. It it, it wasn't awful to read, but like it didn't satisfy. It it didn't hit the probably for me it made it really bad was I really enjoyed the first yeah. one book day twenty four I really enjoyed yeah and, and then this one was um oh Ronin <laughs> he's like what what everybody farts. <laughs> I don't even know that that came in through the audio, but if it did, the dog just farted. Okay, so we talked about her being Malaysian. She's from Australia. I remember this author now. Um, no, this isn't that author. Cassandra Shaw? No, Ka. Ka. Oh, Ka. Okay. Ka. Wow, but we did read Cassandra Shaw. Shaw. Oh, yeah. my God. Wow. There's too many authors. Ka. Ka. K-H-A-W. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but anyway, we were saying we don't, we don't know their, um, yeah, information is pretty sparse on them other than they did video games. And I will say this also, oddly enough, does read how I would visualize a video game story, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a strong suit. Um, good Lord. Very prolific writer. Yes. Good Lord. Good Lord. Yes. Um, especially short fiction. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any more to say. Just give me a second. Okay. Tor.com. I'm having problems with Tor these days. Which is funny because you've also really loved Tor at times. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, that's, 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 um, 
think this one's a slightly shorter episode. Yeah, and I don't think there's really much else to say about it. I mean, we've kind of addressed it. We've addressed our issues with it. Yeah. Okay, so was there anything good about it? Or not, I don't want to, I don't want to phrase it that way. I apologize. That's not what I mean. Was there anything you liked about it? Like I said, what I found interesting was kind of the idea of like an apocalypse and the idea that maybe you just have a means of ending an apocalypse. Oh, good Lord. The cats are wrecking havoc on my world right now. What? What? The cats are wrecking havoc on my world. I know, but usually you're, you complain oh, at me. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I think the notion of possibly ending an apocalypse, like, and do you? Do you make the choice to end it, whether end it good or end it bad for others? Or if it, if it's this, uh, this narrator's right to make that decision? Well, I, well, I think that how the apocalypse came about is more what would dictate that. If it was yeah. a natural event. I think this was... this was. Uh... Where do you get all of this apocalypse? Oh, I, there, there's the word. The apocalypse had been a clarifying influence, wetting her understanding of herself. Particularly, it taught her she was enough of a misanthrope to be pleased at how her voice had rusted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where did you get apocalypse? I'm like, I'm pretty sure it used the word apocalypse like, like a I good said, number of times. Like I said, <laughs> I would have had to have read this five more times to really, I know. to, to, I, I keep increasing that number, 12 times, 30,000 times before I would really be able to just grasp what all was being said in this. Okay. Um, but yes, do, do, do you, do you end the apocalypse? Again, I think if, you know, nature kind of sets up the apocalypse, no, you don't end it. I don't um, think this was nature-based. I, 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 I can't remember the exact passage, yeah. but there was an implication that it was due to human actions. Yeah. So if it's human actions, yeah, you change it. See if you, see if you get it right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no? Any other final thoughts? No. Okay. This was a weird conversation. It was a weird story. It was. On that note, our intro and outro music is by Howard Harper Barnes and is called A Snowflake's Tale from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. And don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow with the next short story. Mm-hmm.